Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Amen. Well, Father, I thank you. I thank you. Lord, I feel like a papa today watching these, these young ones over the decades. They're loving you. They're running hard after you. They are provoking this old guy to run the race. Holy Spirit, I invite you to come and release the wind of your spirit in our sails. We can't run this without you. We can't uh, be what you've called us to be and do what you've called us to do apart from you. And so we open our hearts, we open our minds, we humble ourselves to receive your word. So what I say doesn't really matter. It's what your word, the incorruptible seed, says. So may we hear, may we hear your word and mix it with faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I have been encouraged at how many around here have been and are being awakened to what's going on in our world. This Sunday school class coming up and the past classes on Revelation have been a part of that preparation. And we're being awakened to see the need that as Christians we are to shine brighter than ever because the darkness is increasing, darker than ever. And so we're being called to shine by proclaiming the gospel of Jesus to a world right now that's apart from Christ, that doesn't have much hope, that's depressed, that's got mental attacks, to, to proclaim the gospel to them, that Jesus came to bring them life, to bring them eternal life, that they would have abundant life. We're called to shine by defending biblical values that how many of you know are coming more and more uh, in the crosshairs of the enemy, trying to take biblical values out of our culture, out of our public square, out of our lives. We're being called to shine by speaking the truth in love. We talked about Thursday night. Speaking the truth in love about the need for government accountability, the need for enforcing our laws that are already on the books. Hello? The need for... Uh, speaking the truth in love about protecting our freedoms that have been afforded to us by the Constitution. And I'm excited about all that's, that's happening, that we're awakened and we're mobilized and we're, we're standing up in these ways. But at the same time, I have the sense that some of us are weary. We're weary in the face of spiritual opposition. We're weary uh, as the the trials are seeming to be amped up in ways in, in different lives, and some are even tempted to quit. Now, I'm not saying quit on the Christian life. I'm talking about quitting running hard after Jesus, quitting staying vitally connected with the Holy Spirit through the day, not checking out and then checking back in a couple days later. We're, we're tempted to quit in... Uh, steadfastly resisting sin. That takes energy, folks. 
to steadfastly resist sin. So there's a temptation to quit. And, you know, maybe you don't need this message today. And I'd say that's, that's great. If you don't need this message, you know, maybe if it's just one of you that this really touches and, you know, you, you got the Wonka ticket and you get to go into the chocolate factory and receive. But if you today, as I'm sharing, feel that little ouch, that little tap on the shoulder by the Holy Spirit saying, that's me. I want to encourage you today. God wants to release a second wind in your heart so that you will rise up and run the race with perseverance, that you will finish and finish well. I want to give full disclosure. I was ouched a bunch this week preparing this message. I was, uh, in fact, there were certain times, truth be known, I was tempted to quit as I came across some theological truths that were like, ugh. And then I thought, well, you know, that's not going to go well if I quit on a message about not quitting. <laughs> so I powered through, grinding, grinding it out, and here I am. I'm still here. But uh, the title of the message today is a, a, is a shirt that we wear, some of us have around the prayer room here. It's called, If You Don't Quit you win. If you don't quit, you win. And so I'm going to be a walking billboard today. First of all, I wanted to put a Texas jersey on so we can pray for our governor, pray for Christians in authority. Uh, Can somebody, Pastor Nate, could you just get up and pray right now for our governor while I take this off? I'm glad we're doing that and not praying for the Texas Rangers. So I I was convinced, but now I know. So they still, did they still team the Rangers? There you go. (laughs) There's the prayer. (laughs) Why don't you guys stand with me? Father, we just pray right now, Lord. Lord, I lift up Governor Abbott right now. Father, I pray first and foremost, God, that you would send healing into his body, Father. We just release full healing on his spinal cord, Lord. Father, that he would stand up out of that wheelchair in the name of Jesus. Father, God, that you would touch him personally, Lord. Lord, as we agree and touch here, God... Lord, your word even says where we touch, you touch, God. So right now, Lord, we touch an agreement over his healing. But Father, we pray, Lord, over him, over Lieutenant Governor Patrick, Lord. Father, over all who are making decisions for the great state of Texas. Father, I pray that you give them wisdom and revelation, Lord. Father, I pray that you give them heavenly ideas, God, and they don't succumb to pressure from any man. Father, that they don't, they don't listen or fear any man, but they listen to and fear you. Father, and have mutual respect for each other and for those who you have placed in authority. God, we pray, Lord, for good government in the state of Texas, and we pray, Lord, for justice for over the injustice, God. And I pray, Lord, that you that any who will not repent, Father, that you would remove them. Father, that it's repent or remove, God. I pray, Lord, for good government in Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless Texas. Very biblical to pray. Paul told Timothy, the Apostle Paul told Timothy to pray for kings and all those in authority regularly, that we would have good government. And so we're, we're, we're obeying the Bible by, by doing that. So uh, um, Michael Jordan, uh, if you'll put that up. Uh, Nate, Pastor Nate knew I was going to share about this this week. He texted me this. And if you quit once, it becomes a habit. Never quit. 
So when I think about great basketball players, I think of Michael Jordan and Nate Cashdown, and so that was, that was really good. I will be 62 this month. My son will be 32 this month. Pastor Nate is 35. His birthday's already come. So all three of your pastors, well, four, my, I don't know where Micah is. All, all the rest of you, but when's your birthday? August 31st. Come on. Where's Derek? All right. God's speaking right there. Anyway, um, I've been a Christian 45 years. And sadly, over those 45 years, I've seen a lot of believers who I've been running next to, and many of them have quit, quit on a relationship, quit on church membership, quit on family, the family that they were committed to. Some I've even seen, sadly, quit on life. And uh, the sad thing is, you just had the sense that God had great plans in so many areas for people, but they were not fulfilled because they quit. You know, the cemetery not only has bones in it, but it has dead dreams in it. Where people, where you got to stick with something long enough to see the victory. I want to begin today with a, a true story that I believe will encourage us not to quit it's related to 1986 and the New York City Marathon. The winner that day, marathons are 26.2 miles. The winner that day was Gianni Poli of Italy. He completed the marathon in two hours, 11 minutes, and six seconds. Now, I couldn't ride a bicycle 26 miles in two hours, 11 minutes, but he ran the New York City Marathon in that amount of time. But he wasn't the only hero that day. There was another hero that day named Bob Wyland. You see, Bob Wyland finished that marathon in, get this, 98 hours, 48 minutes, and 17 seconds. That's four days. He was 57 years old, and it wasn't just a natural thing that he finished. It was a supernatural thing. You see, Bob had lost his legs in Vietnam. He was a combat veteran, and on June 14, 1969, he stepped on a live shell, and he lost his legs. He wrote his parents while he was in the hospital at the time, and he said, Mom and Dad, I'm here at the hospital, Kuchwe, Vietnam. They're treating me really well here. I'm going to be okay. They're taking good care of me. Love, Bob. P.S., I think I lost my legs. Gives you an idea of the mindset of this guy. You can show the picture. In 1982, between, for four years, for night, between 1982 and 1986, Bob walked across America on his arms. He didn't finish that marathon on his legs, or in a wheelchair, but on his arms, literally crawling 26.2 miles. In 1986, he also finished the Ironman Triathlon in Kona, Hawaii. A triathlon is, two. he swam 2.4 miles, he bicycled 112 miles, 
And then he completed the 26.2-mile marathon all consecutively. I want to show a little bit of a video of that, of one of those times in which he uh, exercised, in which he did these feats that were not just natural but supernatural. You go ahead and show that. America to raise funds and awareness for the issue of homelessness. He walked 2,784 miles, and it took him over three and a half years to complete with an estimated five million steps. Okay, you can. When asked That's on good. I just wanted to give you a, a picture of that. Of that. Here's what when he was asked, why do you do that? He said he had three reasons why he did all these things, why he crossed the country, why he did the marathons. He said to test my conditioning, to promote physical fitness to others, and to prove and to show that I am a born-again Christian. He didn't say prove. He said to show that I'm a born-again Christian. When he was asked about hanging in there, about overcoming life's obstacles, this is what he said. He said, success is not based on where you start. It is based on where you finish. And I finished. Think about that. Success isn't based on where we start. It's based on where we finish. And my prayer today for all of us is that we would not only start, but we would finish. And not only that we would finish, but that we would finish well, finish strong. That at the end of our life, we will all hear our Lord Jesus Christ say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of your master. If we don't quit, we win. You may have felt, even recently, like giving up on something. Giving up on a job, on a relationship, on a ministry. You may have felt deep depression and hopelessness in the last 18 months. And, if, and I'll be honest with you, if you haven't, at some point, I don't know where you've been. We are needing to understand in the middle of this that one of the realities we have to live with is that we are a people of the now and the not yet. It's in your notes, paragraph B there. One main reason we're tempted to quit is we live in the tension between the now and the not yet. We are caught in between the now and the not yet. 1 John 3 verse 2 has these words right in the same verse now and not yet pertaining to us as Christians. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. God says, Ephesians 2.6, I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. But then he also says in Ephesians 6.12, we wrestle with, with principalities and powers of darkness. So we, we're seated and yet we wrestle. Which is it? It's both. You see, and what's so powerful about this is the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote these two ideas in the same book. In Ephesians, he says, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. 
but you also wrestle. And it's in that wrestling match that we're tempted to quit. Roman numeral two. Oh, I'll almost say one more thought on this. This is when I was ready to quit on the thing, and I thought, oh, there's another one. Mark 4, Jesus says, the kingdom of God has come near you. And then in Matthew 6, the disciples asked Jesus how they should pray. And he says, pray this way. Every day, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I, I hear the wheels spinning, okay? The kingdom has come, but we're to pray for more kingdom to come. And one day, the full-blown kingdom is going to come, and we're going to have a new body, incorruptible, immortal, and in between, and in the in-between time is when the temptation and testing took up. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? You're with me. We are in this, and I'm glad we're around some people that are going to encourage us today not to quit, because when we don't quit, we win. So Roman numeral two, how, um, how can we be encouraged? How can we, what can we do about this challenge of living in the in-between time? Well, the writer of Hebrews really helps us with this. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. It's in your notes. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That's two different things. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and had sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility, such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. One version says, so you won't be discouraged. You know what that word discouraged literally means? It means to take the heart out of someone. The French word for heart is cour. Spanish word for heart is corazón. To be discouraged means you, the, you, the, you got the heart taken out of you. But if we don't quit, if we don't lose heart, if we don't let our heart get taken out of us, we will win. But how do we win? I don't, you know, that's a great... It's a great slogan on a shirt, but how do we win? I want to give you three things that we will win. Three things come to mind. We will win in our battle against the enemy. We'll overcome the opposition from the enemy who's opposing us. Second, we will gain spiritual strength. And third, we will finish our ministry assignments. I want to break those down a little bit first. We overcome the enemy who opposes us. How many of you feel the enemy opposing you at different times, right? Amen? All right. Well, the enemy is working hard to get us to quit running hard for Jesus. This just came out of my mouth this morning at 8 a.m. prayer, 8.15 prayer. Y'all are welcome to come and pray as we set the table for the rest of the day. And I was just saying, Lord, help us because... There is just, the enemy is like putting a, a, there's like a conveyor belt of crappy groceries coming down the, the belt in our life. 
And, I, and they were like, Ugh, and I was like, oh, all right. But the enemy tries to throw stuff at us to quit running hard. You know one of the words for Satan literally means opposer? So he, it's his nature to oppose. So he throws stuff at us to take the heart out of us so we can be a Christian who has no impact. Two things about the devil here. He knows, first, he knows where he's headed. He's headed to the lake of fire, and he knows there's nothing he can do about that. That's a done deal. And so he's working like crazy to drag as many people down with him as he can to the lake of fire. Why? Because he's evil. He's like the joker in the dark night. He just blew that, did all that stuff just because. Because he's evil. Don't, don't get more complicated than that. Well, why is it? He's evil. He's pure evil. Second thing about the devil, he especially focuses on Christians because he sees you as his trophy. He says, if I can get you to quit being a Christian artist in the middle of the art community in Austin, I win. If I can get you to quit that prayer group that's praying for Israel, I win. When we turn our backs on that relationship, when we turn our backs on our church, when we turn our backs on our families or our friends, when we turn our backs on God, he says, ah, I win. He says, there, there, there's no longer a missionary out on the mission field who can hurt me. Now, back when I was in high school, we used to have a phrase that said, man, those are fighting words right there. Now, I want to say, Thinking to my mind that, that Satan and those demons are going to go, aha, we got that marriage to break up. We win. That's fighting words. That should be enough motivation for us right there to say, I'm not going to quit. Because, you know, if, if we quit, he wins. If we don't quit, we win. So it's not like, you know, he says, I, I win. It's like, no, wait. You're not going to win. I'm going to win. Are you, are you with me on that? You know, you don't buy me out. I buy you out. Somebody laughed because they know what I was referencing. That should be motivation enough. When we quit, he wins. If we don't quit, we win. Second thing is we gain new strength. We gain new strength. God, you know, a lot of times it's the devil that causes us to want to quit. But there are some things that we can't lay at the devil's doorstep. There are some things God allows in our life, isn't this true, that causes us to get discouraged and weary. Some things that God allows because he wants us to become spiritually strong. And he knows no pain, no gain. He knows there needs to be resistance for us to get more spiritually strong. Sometimes it's the devil, but sometimes it's God allowing the resistance so we'll gain spiritual strength. You know, when we come to Christ, whenever that first time was for you, we come into the kingdom 
spiritual weaklings. Because we've been indulging our flesh so long, living with an unrenewed mind so long, we come into the kingdom not with big spiritual muscles, not spiritually tough. Our spiritual stamina needs to be built up. Our, our heart, heart aerobics are not there when we come into the kingdom. And so God is in this process of helping to build our strength. And that's how we win. When something that used to really freak me out 10 years ago doesn't even bother me now, that's a victory. You see? That's gaining spiritual strength. That's, that's, and he's all about that. He's about us making us mature, you know? And, and, and so, you know, bear with me on this one. But, you know, we come into the kingdom like uh, Pee Wee Herman. And God wants to turn us into Popeye. And so he puts spinach on our plate. That's why I went there. And I didn't have Sloan find pictures because I knew he would find pictures. Or his assistant. He knew. He knows that we come in like that. So he puts spinach on our plate. It took one day. It took one day to get Israel out of Egypt. How long did it take to get Egypt out of Israel? How long? They had this Egypt mindset. This Egypt, how do we know? Because every time they hit a rough spot, they're like, we want, I want to go back to Egypt. And so God had to put the Red Sea on one side and Pharaoh's army on the other side for them to realize God makes a way when there is no way. He put them in a desert where there was no water and he caused water to come out of a rock so they would say, God is my provider. Because he knew they had this Egyptian, unrenewed thinking that had to get taken care of. He knew God brings us through obstacles for us to understand he is able. And he continued, well, yeah, well now maybe, God, you're not able now. He's like, well, remember back? Okay, you're able. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to put that in front of you, and then I'm going to come in and move in, and you're going to say, you are able. He knows. James, the book of James, the James the writer the, encourages us not to quit in James 1, 2 through 4. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. How many, when's the last time you went, Oh, yeah! Pure joy, not just some, it's pure joy. Knowing the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. That's what he's after. Lacking nothing, not lacking anything. You know, if you see the trial that he's allowing as like a weight trainer, I go to Gold's Gym, Steph, I still go. I know. <laughs> Government accountability. There is a, there's a McDonald's on the way, and I've only got so much time, and they've got... 
But the weight trainer, if you can see your, your, uh, that thing in your life as the Lord who loves you, who wants you to become mature and complete, just added 45-pound or 25 or 10-pound or 5-pound weights on your bar to help increase your resistance. And I think that will help. It will help. It will help you to... Uh, to produce to produce that maturity. Oh, he's producing maturity in me. Paragraph little c there, because each time God brings you through a trial, you learn something about God you did not know before. I mean, I mean really learn it, because we can now go to a Bible study, but you know, you learn it by experience. It didn't, I remember when in 1986 when I didn't have gas money to go to my next ministry assignment. I was in Waco, Texas. I was driving up to Rockwall, and I didn't know if my orange Vega had enough gas in it to get there. And so I, you know, it's like, okay. And I didn't really, I don't know if I had a credit card because I was, but I knew I was supposed to go that day. So I thought I'd take a jog with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, around Waco, around one of those, one of the Waco Drive or wherever it was, at LaSalle, I think it was. And we're jogging along before I get in the car to leave. And there's a crisp $20 bill in the, in the gutter, about ready to go down the drainage ditch. And I swiped that up, didn't pull my back out, got the $20 bill. And I knew, God, you're my provider. You see? Later that time, what'd you say? About filled up the tank of Orange Vega. Yes. 20 bucks. So then I get to Rockwall. I'm there, and I didn't have a bed, so I slept on the floor for about four months because I was. they were praying all the time. I was like, I want to learn to pray. And I didn't tell anybody I was sleeping on the floor. Back started hurting. I said, Lord, I need a bed. I get to my house 10 minutes later, and some stranger has knocked on the door and said, does anybody here need a bed? I get home, there's a bed on the porch, and I knew God is my provider. So whatever you're going through right now, it could be the devil, it could be God adding some weight. Third, because uh, there's the third way we win is we finish our ministry assignments. Um, we, we run across that finish line, we finish victoriously. That's how, when you finish your ministry assignments, I'm not going to talk about that right now for the time's sake, but I will sometime down the road. I want to move to Roman numeral 3. Hebrews 12 is so encouraging. In the time left, I want to share three things from verse 1 of Hebrews 12 that will encourage us to run with perseverance the race set before us. First one, it says... It's not the first part of the verse, but later it says, let us throw off everything that hinders. First thing we need to do, throw off everything that hinders. And when I say hinders, throw off everything that's a distraction. Throw off, get ready with this uh, video, guys. Throw off everything that distracts, distracts us. Everything that hinders is what distracts us from our end objective. They're the things that demand our attention, that pull us away, that, that distract us.
from our end objective that pull us away from what God has called us to. I don't know if any of you remember Dwight Stones. He was the Olympic high jumper back in the 80s. And I want to show you how he would get ready for that high jump. He would be at the end of the runway. This is him at the end of the runway. And he had a certain amount of time before he had to make the jump. And this is how he would spend those times before he would jump the high jump. Bathed in sunlight right now as the sun goes down back of the western rim. Still in the competition, Dwight Stone, Patrick Schoberg of Sweden, Zhu Zhanhua, the world record holder from China, and Mogenberg of West Germany, who Jane Frederick has been jumping extremely well. Let's not forget him as we build this uh, a two-man competition. It's more than that. Dwight Stone right now will be attempting seven, seven, and three-quarters. What they've done is move the bar up three-quarters of an inch. Yeah, Mogenberg has had the fewest attempts, and at this point, he sits in the catbird seat, so to speak. Is he He's distracted? Got control. He has the fewest number of attempts, and he is probably the freshest. He looked very good in warm-up, and I think he felt confident to be able to pass at heights where Zhu and Dwight were jumping. And in fact, it's working out for him. So Dwight has a little bit of pressure on him here. He's making sure that he's got his concentration set before he begins to jump, as always. Was watching him practice his takeoff techniques and go through some mental routines. Okay, you can go ahead and cut the video off. You know why I haven't cut him off? He does that for 15 more seconds before jumping. He was so focused. Guess what? He set a world record. He set three world records that stood up for decades because he wouldn't get distracted. It wasn't like he was at the end of the runway getting ready and he, you know, pulls out his phone and goes, yeah, hey, what's on Facebook? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to tweet. I'm gonna, hey, here I am in the Olympics. I'm going to do a selfie. You know, here I am. Get ready to jump. All right, here you go. All right. No. He would not be distracted. We are to throw aside, throw off. I'm, I'm almost done here. In fact, worship team, you can start coming up. We wanted to go ahead, worship team, if you're here. Maybe they quit. <laughs> oh, you're here. Come on. Don't wait for others, Marissa. Be a trailblazer. Remove everything. Remove the distractions. Our phone can be a distraction. Amen? Excessive entertainment. Now, here's where an ouch might come. Excessive entertainment can be a distraction. It's called dissipation. Jesus calls that in Luke 21. Excessive work can be a distraction. I mean, we need to provide, but... I understand seasons of busyness to make money, but really pray about that. Really pray about how long that season is to be. Because if that season turns into a lifestyle apart from cultivating the presence of God, then I think you just got distracted. I got distracted. Remove whatever distracts feeding your spirit man so you can run the race with spiritual fuel. 
You see, you gotta have those marathon runners, they gotta go to those tables and get electrolytes and get the protein. And you gotta have fuel to run the race. Otherwise, if you're running in your own human effort, you will quit. So you gotta take time to buy oil, to buy fuel, to sit before the Lord. Second, so remove everything that hinders. Second, remove the sin that so easily entangles. Throw it off. That's in verse one. Let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles. It's like running with our shoelaces untied. It trips us up. It makes us spiritually dull. Sin as a pattern that's not repented of, that's not removed, it, can, it drains us of spiritual strength. Remember third, this third, remove everything that hinders, what distracts, remove the sin. And there's some things that maybe that are going on today that you have a, it's a secret sin. It's something that you haven't really wanted to focus on. And the Lord's convicting, it's going to convict you to say, you know, that, that thing, no one else sees, that breaks my heart. I want you to I want you to get rid of it. Why? He wants you to win. He's about you. He's after you. He's after your he's contending for your greatness. Third one, remember the great cloud of witnesses. That's the first part of Hebrews 12:1. Remember the great cloud of witnesses. I'm not sure what that great cloud is. Angels, uh, departed saints. How many of you know who Corey Ten Boom was? That's really cool that you know that. Because it was a couple of generations ago. I think Corey Ten Boom's part of that great cloud of witnesses. She was a saint who uh, found the Lord, I believe, in a concentration camp in Nazi Germany. She, she, her, her sister was killed by the Nazis. Her parents were killed. Many of her family members were killed. Her body was broken by the Nazis. And she kept her faith. She kept going. She hung in there and finished the race. And she said this, Corey Tenby, if you can put her picture up. She said this about quitting. When a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away your ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the engineer. We, we sing the song around here, even when I don't see you, you're working. Even when I don't feel you, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. When it gets dark, don't quit. You don't, you don't, train goes to a tunnel, you don't go, I'm throwing my ticket, I'm jumping out. You trust the engineer and Jesus is the great engineer who can be trusted. Let that motivate you. Let this thing, other thing motivate you. A couple things, last few thoughts on this. You know, the sports has not been the same the last year without crowds, right? The Olympics weren't the same. Well, it's empty stands. It's like, it's because the athletes on the field feed off the cheering. 
And I'm really praying that God will break in and help you to, to hear just bits of how the, the cloud of witnesses cheers you on. They really, really cheer you on and cheer up me on when we resist sin. It's like, oh, look, they didn't give in during the pandemic to this and that. The second thing is when you're in the stands of a football game, if you sit way up high in the stands, you have a view of the whole field. You can see the whole field. You can see what the players on the field don't see. And so they, the cloud of witnesses is saying, don't quit. We see the glory that is to be revealed. We see what you're going to be like. We, we see the, the good things you've done for people that you don't even think you've done. Things, Casey, you're going to see. You may go, I didn't make any difference. And they'll come back 10 years later and say, you changed. The Lord used you to change my life. That crowd is, is saying, that cloud is saying, don't quit. We see what your prayers have done for Israel. We see what you did at Vacation Bible School. We see what you're, what you're going to do, the, the, the difference, the good that you're going to do. Go ahead and stand up if you would. People will be in heaven because you taught children the word. Who's doing children's church right now? Kyle. They're going to be in heaven. You don't see that yet. Don't give up telling your co-workers about Jesus. They'll be in heaven because of you. This is what they're saying. Don't give up praying for that person. Keep praying for them. Keep praying for America. Keep reading the word. Keep worshiping. Keep going to church. Keep giving your tithes and offerings. We, they're saying, we see the fruit that's being produced. So, Father, here we are. Lord, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. That you're the God of all encouragement. You are the great cheerleader cheering us on. So just however it is inside you, just say yes to the Lord. felt an ouch, if you felt a tap, just open your heart right now for the Holy Spirit to come in and release fresh grace. If you don't know the Lord, if you haven't personally met Him, I'd like Pastor Nate and Kaylee, if you could stand up over here. If you want to know more, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you want to know Jesus personally, you're like, hey, Pastor Nate, Kayla, they really know Jesus. I really want to know. I want to invite you to start coming up there. Anyone who's been a believer over, how many of you in here have been a Christian for over 40 years? Can you raise your hand? I'd like you to come up here right now. Stand up here. If you've been a Christian over 40 years, and I want you to stand and look out. Uh, if you don't want to, hey, You've been, if you've been a Christian 40 years, you've been had pressure put on you by pastors before. 
But I want you to come up here and look out, and I want anyone who's been a Christian under 40 years to have one of them lay hands on you. Anyone who wants to be prayed for, for fresh resolve, for fresh strength. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to open the altar. This is how I felt the Lord wanted us to, to do this. If you feel that out, just repent right now. I'm just going to lead us in a prayer, and then we'll be... Uh, it's afternoon a little bit, so we're going to leave it this way and just come up for prayer. If you need healing in your body, if you need anything else, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you want to be water baptized, the water's still really nice over there. Um, I want to pray in particular for anyone right now who's grieving over some that are, some some battles that have not been one, you're in between the now and the not yet, and there's some pain right now today. Would you, I just believe, I want to pray for you, and I want to encourage you to come up and let someone pray for you. There are people watching online or knowing that need healing in their bodies. But Father, here we are. I, I ask for the grace to remove every distraction. I repent of distraction. Just praying that you're praying that with me as this is my closing prayer. I repent. Say it, you know, under your, you don't have to say it out loud, but just, Lord, we repent of distraction. I repent of letting excessive entertainment or anything. Help me, Lord. Help me go up at once and take possession. Help me not go back to Egypt. Get Egypt out of me. Lord, I ask for grace to repent, to remove the sin that so easily trips me up. I ask for that which Corey Ten Boom is cheering us on for, that we wouldn't throw our ticket out the window and jump off the train. But we trust you. Even now. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.